Hello and welcome back to the Mode Sport Bethak podcast. I'm your host GD and joining me once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode, we'll be talking about Formula E rounds 3 and 4 that took place in Rome this past weekend. So let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready our opinions and dive right into the conversation. Hello Vedant, it's been about a week and a half since I last saw you uh since we last recorded a podcast. So how have you been? Hello Devya I have been great yes you're exactly right it's been a long long time and it's great to be back here Uh exactly and what a crazy weekend uh in Rome for Formula E especially for Stoffel van Dorn you know there's much to talk about much drama that happened not only in the race but even before round 3 started uh so you know let's let's dive right into it well I made it for the race on both days it was really early here but I couldn't make it to the qualifying and the And the practice session. So, why don't you tell us about what happened during the round three practice session with Oliver Turvey, Jeff, and Jake Dennis? Yeah. So, at the end of at the end of the practice session, at the end of practice one, Oliver Turvey seemingly forgot that they <laughs> they have to line up for practice starts. You know, they can line up for practice starts, and he drove right into John Ekberg and Jake Dennis. Now, the funny part about it is, obviously, they knew that. these the they knew the procedures and they knew everything but due to some miscommunication and due to the nature of the circuit because uh, the the cars were lined up on a kink sort of section on the track and of also surprisingly there were no indicators on the track like no you know yellow flags or something like that that the marshals could show that there are stationary cars ahead so yeah Uh, a great job by DS Tachita although because they re- they rebuilt they completely rebuilt John Eric Wons car in 90 minutes for the start of free practice 2 he only missed about 10 minutes in that session but they completely rebuilt the car and they also put in a new powertrain so that's a great job for the team Absolutely, and uh, Jeff did deliver finishing fifth. Uh, well, qualifying fifth um, in Super Pole, and um, that weekend started really well for Stoffel Van Dorn, who will talk, who, who we we will talk about throughout the entire length of this of this podcast, just because of the roller coaster weekend he had. Uh, he qualified first, um, followed by Andre Lauter, uh, Roland, and then Degrassi, Jeff, and Maximilian Gunther. Um, Coming to the start of the race, what did you think about the first corner collision between Andre Lauter and Stoffel Van Dorn? A really late move from Lauter, but it seemed like uh, Stoffel either didn't see that coming and closed the door, or you know closed the door regardless, hoping that Andre Lauter wouldn't uh, go with the move. But very clumsy in the end, in the end from both of them. Although I think Andre Lauter Lauter did get a five second penalty, right? Uh, yeah, he for the move he, on. Yeah, Lauter did get a penalty, but I think that's the you know. the the mentality that these drivers have because it's not like formula 1 that even the slightest of touches can damage your car and or everything like that you know these cars are very uh, like a lot of contact we see a lot of contact throughout the races and also the streets on the street circuits it's too narrow for two cars to you know keep racing see, it's it's interesting you mentioned that like up until now the last 6 seasons i never had an issue with how narrow the street circuits were the fact that uh, you know there there was always a wall to crash into for the drivers but after this particular weekend in rome and we we can come back to this later i feel that uh, 
we need like we need the track limits to be well we need the walls to be not as close to the track limits i feel especially with how aggressively uh formula e drivers have been racing uh at the start of the season it just feels like the slightest move I, in rome especially you know uh ended up with drivers in the wall i think we had multiple crashes in both races uh with like the slightest touch the slightest just like um overcommitment and uh it, it kind while it did make the results uh interesting and more varied i guess but it kind of killed the race uh, a lot of times almost uh, what did you think about it well obviously i have followed uh, i haven't followed formula e as much in over the last you know 6 years but last season and this season i followed it last season of course we had what nine races uh, we had six races in berlin and the berlin track is quite wide so there were no there was no problem in that and but don't worry the next two rounds are in valencia and it is a proper circuit it's a proper purpose built circuit so we we won't have those problems for the next two rounds at least <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's not digress let's come back to the move yep so what do you think did you think andre lotter deserved the penalty for that move i i don't think so i think it was um, i don't know if andre lotter didn't break we didn't see like the you know uh didn't see any data on the card they uh, the formula e didn't show any of the data or like whether andre lotter was still on the throttle or was he had he already started to break or was it he was it too late into the corner but from what it seemed seemed like a racing incident uh, from both drivers and i don't think andre lotter deserved a penalty for that yeah i mean i'm not sure he he did dive into uh stuff he did yep. dive but into the inside of vandoon right and i mean Uh, the 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 leading car must have some sort of advantage i suppose but i don't i don't know i'm not sure about yeah I, i i guess but it just seems like you know they crashed and and uh, it almost seemed like uh, lotter didn't turn in or somehow their car just like kept on going straight because we've seen sam bird make those moves all throughout the weekend and before you know sam bird is one of the most he's like the latest of the late movers he's like the daniel ricardo of uh, formula e and we've seen him pull some late moves on all the drivers uh but he he never gets into trouble like like andre lotter and stop vandoon it but anyway stop vandoon did come back he went to the back of the grid i think he, he was like p16 or p17 of yeah sorry exactly as you said it might have been something to do with that you know lotter didn't lose as many places at as vandoon lost so maybe he got that advantage as to say maybe that's why they got he got the penalty but i'm not too sure about that yeah to me to me it seemed like a racing incident but But Sof Vandoon did really well to recover. It seemed like he had a lot of pace throughout the weekend uh, in Rome. You know, he went to the back of the grid. He was like P16, P17, and then he climbed back up to the top six. He was towards the end of the race before his huge crash uh, while trying to avoid uh, Lucas Degrassi. You know, slowing down uh, on the straight uh, before his huge crash. He was running like P6 with Nick Degrees uh, behind him or something like that, and then uh, a very uncharacteristic crash. We we already saw how much the uh Mercedes Benz EQ team was struggling on the straight like when there was that bump or after on the straight and uh the Mercedes car in in general looked like really squirmy under braking both Nick Debris and Sofel Vandoorn caught a lot of uh slides and rear end um uh, drifts on, on the track but uh, in 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 that moment you know toward Lucas Degrassi Sofel Vandoorn crashed and his race ended there very disheartening for him uh cuz not he not only did he qualify from Qualifying pole, he did make a huge comeback, uh, but could not redeem himself at the end of the race. Yeah, definitely, he he came back from thirteenth, 
to i think yeah he was he was fourth when he crashed uh when when he yep. spun out because of a loose drain cover or something and it was a very very street circuity crash because of the drain covers you know i think we have seen something like this in monaco i believe it was when when george russell uh, that was azerbaijan when george russell went over the manhole and it manhole yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ex- yep. exactly so it's it's a it's a street circuit char- characteristic but yeah it was a it was a very disheartening and especially because he also uh, like he took out his teammate devry also right and yep, both yep. both 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 mercedes uh, did, I th- did I not did, finish did like so. nick devry still like finish in the points so at the end of the race no no he he didn't finish oh yeah that's right that's right yeah nick devry did not finish uh, at the end of the race but um roland had a disappointing qualifying you know he was all set to take super pole but uh, you know hits the wall at the very yeah. last corner and breaks his suspension which was again kind of disheartening uh, he it was it was really exciting to see roland up at like the top of the grid uh, and we were hoping that you know he would put in a great performance but a disappointing start to the weekend for him yeah definitely i mean it it was great to see him you know going for that super pole going for that pole and it was purple and purple in both the first and second sectors and he was quite leading it quite well only for just uh, a late braking or i don't know what what happened there but he hit his uh, rear on the outside of the track and lost the suspension but the best part of the weekend was the fight between the two heavyweights the two formula e heavyweights jean eric exactly bon and lucas de grassi i mean see in formula e we don't have pit stops but as we discussed in the introductory video in in the introductory podcast with of formula e attack mode is the strategy maker in formula e and in rome i think uh, in rome they had three uh, they had three they, attack modes they had two attack modes in the in round 3 and then uh, they had three attack modes in round uh, round 4 said, oh, okay okay right 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 so yeah, even even then you know so because the strategy changed because if if you look at round 1 which round 3 i mean you know which we're talking about right now uh most of the drivers uh, use their attack mode at both their attack modes after halfway through the race but uh come round 4 you know they had three attack modes but most of them uh ended up using all three attack modes before like the last 15 minutes of the race which was really interesting to see that shift of strategy from literally like within 24 hours yeah i mean using the attack modes before the end of the race is very important because otherwise you will get a 30 second penalty so that's that's yeah, not but the battle between Jeb and Degrassi round 3 uh for um for the win uh ended quite abruptly and quite uh you know <laughs> sadly it was a great great battle that was going on and we wanted to see Jeb and Degrassi three world championships between them you know uh we wanted to see them go toe to toe till the line but that did not happen when Degrassi had a um I I I can't remember what failed on his car. Uh yeah, I mean some mechanical problem has slowed down yeah. and then, you know, um yeah, I just I just can't seem to remember what happened. Uh, and then one had a clear clear track and you know, he 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 took it all the way and the Jaguars had a great great weekend, you know, the Jaguars uh Sam Bird and Mitch Evans uh great haul of points and I think they are they were leading the championship uh pretty well after the third round. They they are 
what 20 odd points clear from uh, the second place team so yeah absolutely great weekend for them yeah so great hollow points for jaguar racing after round three but round four not as fortunate as round three for them so let's 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 get into round four again once again i'm i'm as a practice session so if there's anything that you want to fill us in on please do so vedant surprisingly enough formula e practice on the sunday was without incident as far as i can remember i mean it was a 7 am local time start and i don't rem- i don't remember any open wheeler series or any like any series other than sports car racing in endurance racing racing at 7 am local time so it was a great change in you know look for the series but it was a very damp track very wet track it was raining quite a quite a while even qualifying were the conditions were quite tricky the track was quite wet but that, and that, that produced some crazy results in qualifying though exactly i was coming on to that uh so yeah enlighten us go ahead so the rookies nick cassidy and norman nato took the front row now nick cassidy we know he has potential but his formula e season so far has been had been subpar uh, he hadn't scored any points norman nato the race.com has have have termed him as the most exciting dark horse in the formula e grid now i don't know a lot about him i haven't followed his uh, career before formula e but i think his uh, performance in the super pole and his performance in qualifying speaks for itself and he he he'll go from strength to strength uh, for the ahead absolutely and our old favorite from mahindra racing days pascal holland took third um under circumstances where you know his teammate andre lotro was again ruled out because of some power limit breach uh, during the qualifying lap and van doon continued his roller coaster run uh, in qualifying once again you know this time qualifying fourth uh two and a half almost two and a half seconds behind nick cassidy which was really really surprising um looking at his performance so far and then maximum gunther and alexander sims from mahindra completed the super pole uh group uh but again as soon as the race started nick cassidy uncharacteristic spin you know it seemed like a like a mechanic or like a electrical uh issue that logged all four wheels or something like that very uncharacteristic spin from nick cassidy on the first turn he was not under pressure from nominato uh nothing wrong you know it was it was just you know you just all you got to do is make that turn but uh he failed to do that norman nato inherited the lead pretty easily and then maintained that for the f- next few laps yes he had, uh, nick cassidy created a very very nice uh safety car restart with you know backing up the field and going ahead going away in the right moment but i think the commentators mentioned that it was some kind of Uh, software failure or something like that we we don't know it yet but it's a shame because even though he tried to come back after uh, like losing all those positions he couldn't finish the race because of another incident uh absolutely but then nominator couldn't couldn't stay in the lead for too long and he fell behind in the grid and then we saw uh, pascal verline lead the race for quite a few laps and he took quite a, quite a big lead almost 2 seconds in the beginning from uh, Stoffel Vandoorne who was following him but Vandoorne and uh, Bird uh, sorry um, Alexander Sims eventually caught up with him um in in the next few laps before they took their first uh, attack mode 
and uh, soon Wehrlein was also caught napping at the restart. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But again, once again, you know, we we saw Wehrlein throughout the race. Um, we saw the similar problems he he's had throughout his Formula E career. You know, he has a strong first half of the race and then he falls uh, through the grid in the latter stages, which is really. Uh, it's it's really worrying for you know uh, because we we wanted to see him do well. We want, he's been here. He's he's had some good performance, but he's never been able to deliver consistently throughout the season. Uh, and once again, we saw him falling short of holding on to that uh, first place throughout the race. Yeah, it was very interesting because uh, even though the he lost the lead because of you know attack at the attack mode strategy, but that. Uh, like he he was he was literally napping at the safety car restart. The safety car happened because uh, Sebastian Buemi and Lucas de Grassi crashed, and I mean uh, Buemi got a penalty for it because. But I don't know why he got a penalty for it. It was a very strange incident. It was for me. It was a racing incident because uh, Buemi was defending de Grassi after passing him. So very strange. But as I said, Verline was caught napping. And I wrote a joke about it. <laughs> it was probably because of the early start of the day that they had. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just my overthinking or whatever. But Alexander Sims, great restart from him, taking that second position from Verline and maintaining it towards uh, the end of the race. He was catching Van Doorn, couldn't uh, couldn't catch him couldn't uh, Van Dorn was gone gone with the wind you know he was he was in the wind there was no catching Stoffel Van Dorn until the very end of the race where we had uh, the safety guy you know which bunched up the pack again uh, Stoffel Van Dorn maintained like a four second four and a half second lead throughout the entirety of the race absolutely no pressure on him but one thing I found interesting in, in round four was the fact that uh, it, it almost seemed like, you know how usually when cars are running together, every other car will, you know, end up taking the attack mode at the same time, more or less. But in round four, it seemed like everybody took attack mode all three times and all together. It just didn't seem like the strategy that people like, you know, the teams, it, it seemed like all the strategies came together and like none of the teams had, were reacting to each other. They, they were all on their own strategies and everybody was taking um, the attack mode at the same time, which... I guess in a way did not make the race as exciting as it could be, but I wouldn't say you know that there wasn't enough racing on track um, uh, during round four. Yeah, the the third attack mode was very interesting because we already know Formula E the attack using both the attack modes is mandatory, and due to the close racing of Formula E, there are so many uh, you know caution periods and yellow flags full course yellows that people oftentimes are not able to use that attack mode their second attack mode do uh, based on their strategy yeah and putting in that third attack mode was so much i mean it was a it was a, a huge burden on the team as such because they had to change their strategy not only from uh, 24 hours earlier but from what they are used to yep yeah and we we saw i i think a few of the people including alex lynn did miss out on using the full quota of attack modes and he did get a 30 second penalty which uh, essentially which took him down yeah he was he was seventh place. on the road but he got a 30 second penalty yep exactly yeah vandon finished first in that race followed by uh alexander sims a brilliant drive from him and a brilliant point solve for mahindra racing 
uh, and Pascal Wehrlein was passed by Norman Nato. Norman Nato would have finally been on the podium. But again, disappointing for him. Uh, he was disqualified after the race, as we know, you know, for energy overuse, as he was critically low on energy in the final corners. But um, yeah, kind of disappointing. I guess this is where, you know, his inexperience kicks in, you know. Uh, throughout the last lap, we saw him struggle on 1% defending from Pascal, we- Pascal Wehrlein, and it seemed like he had done it. But uh, uh, later on, we found out that that was not the case. So quite quite disheartening, but uh, it shows us, you know, what he's made of, and hopefully we'll see some more uh, brilliant performance, performances from him in the coming rounds. Yeah, definitely. It, it was a great weekend for the rookie and someone... No- I mean, I'm sure he's not really highly rated in everyone's books you know uh, but great weekend for uh, Venturi as you know uh, his performance and Eduardo Mota Eduardo Motara's points all uh, on both the on the both both the races absolutely although a really disappointing round for for uh, our championship leaders Nick DeVries and Sam Bird both collide coming together and uh, not being able to finish the race uh, no points for them uh, during round four, and Devries has fallen down the order. He was leading after round two, as we know. Uh, currently, he sits fifth on the championship, behind one point behind his teammate Stoffel Wandon, after his 25-point haul in round four. And then uh, we have we still have Sambert leading with 43 points, and then Mitch Evans and Robin Frines uh, behind him, following closely. Uh, which 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 is kind of crazy because Sambert has had two DNFs, you know. Sambert has had two dinners and he's got a win and a pole and he's still leading the championship after four rounds. Imagine that in Formula 1. I don't think he, you'd be anywhere close to being uh, a championship leader with the way things, yeah, exactly. things usually pan out. He's, he's, he's got a win and a podium, not not a pole, a win and I a podium. That, yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. Yep. Uh, but Nick, Nick Devery did not finish both the rounds in Rome and he has... A great penalty for round one in Valencia for Absolutely. that uh, crash with Sam Bird. It's a disaster for for Nick DeVries and for the Mercedes team. But uh, you know, Vandoorne's win, and I think he also got the fastest lap, twenty six points. That really did put Mercedes on the like. It helped Mercedes, and they are second in the championship to ca- to right now. To catch up with Jaguar, I think yeah, Jaguar racing didn't have a great round for uh, and. Uh, currently, they're leading the Constructors' Championship with 82 points, and Mercedes did make up some points, and they're only 17 behind at 65. Uh, so hopefully, we'll see some more uh, battles between them. But biggest thing ever, you know, biggest thing in Formula E that that after four rounds we have all teams scoring points. Uh, I remember when we did like the Formula E preview for for this season, we were like, you know, we don't know if Neo 333 will score points. We didn't know if uh, uh, the Dragon team would score points because they hadn't done well uh, historically, but all teams have scored points at this point, which is really exciting. Uh, and I hope, you know, the championship comes becomes closer. We don't know how many rounds we'll get in Formula E, but it's definitely exciting. And I think that's what's, you know, making the drivers race even harder than ever before. Uh, we've seen so many collisions over this weekend that it's, it's almost crazy. Like, I can't even recall everything that happened um, over, over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Due to the nature of the calendar, because as you said, we don't know how many races we'll have. Every race and every point is important and it's much more important than, you know, in a regular season. So because the championship can come to an end at any point as as it stands. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I it was a great weekend with that, but I only have one complaint with Formula E. Now, usually, I know we complain. Uh, we have the same complaint about Formula One, right? But uh, Formula E, it's even worse. What is going on with the production, with you know the TV, like with the broadcasting? What is going on? Uh, I remember the battle between Jeb and Degrassi at the front of the grid uh, was happening, and you know uh, Degrassi made that move, and that was not shown on television live because we were looking at seventh or eighth place battles. Similarly, when uh, Alexander Sims and Pascal Wehrlein were fighting each other, we didn't see that on television. A lot of like. I just don't know what's going on. They're never showing the fights. We are always hearing the commentators talk about something that has happened on the grid, but we are looking at something else um, on on our screens, and it just it, it just makes it so much harder to follow uh, about what's going on. And I I just hope like you know they they do a better job going to Valencia. Yeah, I mean, see the circuits are much smaller than Formula One, and the and the grid and the grid is much more packed. So like we have action on almost every part of the circuit and we have only one screen so it has something to do with that but you are absolutely right we we do we do miss out on a lot of action and on a lot of see you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, don't show us don't i'm not saying you know you have to show us all the action what i'm trying to say is you know some action is more the battle in the front you know if there's a battle in the front of john eric one if lucas degrassi is making a move on john eric one that is you don't you want to see that moment live you don't want to see a 10th place battle between you know uh alexander sims board or whoever or robin france you know going on that that's fine we can come back to that later but we are you you have a, you have three world championships fighting for the win and uh if if you can't see that on television then it, then it doesn't make a lot of sense and you know, it's not it's and it's not just one incident it happened over the weekend again and again and it was kind of frustrating uh to see that happen yeah and also you know formula e is so incident packed that even when they are showing you know a replay of something <laughs> you're like, most likely missing out on something yeah <laughs> like the uh, the the, yeah, the race is, is going on slowly the race is going on very calmly there's no action right now okay let's show a replay of three, two laps ago where there was some overtakes which we might have missed oh no there has been a crash and it's it's been like this for like four years now so yeah you're 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 but right. yeah that's great uh yeah i guess i guess i i should cut some slack for the formula e production team but anyway a uh, great weekend and i'm i'm looking forward to valencia i think um my hopes for this season for formula e are even higher than before and i hope we get some great racing and i even close a championship fight uh, last year the championship fight fight wasn't close but this year hopefully uh we'll 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 get a better championship fight in formula e. um any closing thoughts from you vedant yeah well, like uh, so firstly obviously we are going to valencia next and as i mentioned it's a purpose built circuit it will be very interesting to see formula e cars race with runoff area essentially and uh, and these cars have raced in valencia because that is their test track and that is there that has been their regular test track for years now so they know the track they know the limitations and the advantages of the track and without the walls we can see these drivers push each other even more and we can see even better racing in formula e hopefully we'll see much lesser crashes and i mean as you said uh, the number of crashes in rome and the frustration around it has risen 
from earlier years and i was just thinking that maybe you know the, it has been seven seasons it's now world championship the the experimenting period so, as such and you know the like the development period of the series is now over they can move on they can move on to proper circuits and we have the next gen coming up in 2022 where we have recharging and we have where we have pit stops and all those things so maybe we can have longer races we can have longer tracks and uh, you know on purpose built circuits but one thing i noticed in this round of formula e and a few people got penalized for it is that there was a bump somewhere on the circuit and yep, whenever yep. when whenever uh, some cars ran through that bump there was some sort of like there was energy, an energy power spike, spike. Yep. yeah exactly a- absolutely yeah i know what you're talking about and some cars did get penalized for it now that is not the driver's mistake that is not the car's mistake that is the nature of the circuit if like obviously there are regulations and according to the book they got penalized but there has to be some sense in that some common sense in that i think formula has had problems with the regulations uh, for the last seven seasons and even like round 1 and 2 we saw you know people getting penalized for uh, when, when the race was cut short right and then people got penalized for not being able to uh, use their attack modes essentially uh, and that um, changed the results completely or uh, you could say so we've seen formula e have some problems with the regulations and i think um, it's up to the teams uh, to you know bring about that change from within the paddock uh, and as fans we can only hope that that happens soon uh, and hopefully you know the technology is developing quick and such things won't happen because we even like the first two rounds we saw uh, i i don't remember who crashed but he he had to be taken to the hospital uh, because of a software failure couldn't you know uh participate in the race uh yeah eduardo that, Mora, like eduardo, motor. eduardo motor, exactly so um and then mercedes and um i think envision version uh who are customers for mercedes they they had to do like a software uh they had to look at the software for the glitches no, and uh, stuff like that so rocket venturi are the customers uh, sorry yeah, rocket venturi racing and they were taken aside and they couldn't participate uh in in one of the sessions So I think uh, even though the technology is developing, it's not there yet. And I think uh, again, we saw Nick Cassidy spinning, and which was another like software problem or something like that. So I think Formula E still has a long way to go as far as technology is concerned. Uh, I thought I don't think it's still at par with uh, F one. Uh, I mean, we see failures in F one, but they're not. They're usually not uh, in the same circumstances as as Formula E. You know, Formula E, you have. you have 20 cars uh just around each other formula 1 24 cars 24 cars 24 yeah that's right 24 cars but um yeah so i think there's a long way to go but thank you vidan thank you for joining us thank you for sharing your thoughts and uh, i'll catch you on the next one definitely and thank, thank you. you for our listeners to listen to us